I just, you gotta know when I put this shirt on, it means it's a big day. The BWI Daily Edition, I'm in my, literally, this is my nicest shirt. I'm joined by Nate Bauer, which I'm assuming is in his nicest shirt and backwards hat. <laughs> because we've got uh, a big show. Penn State and James Franklin have agreed to a contract extension for 10 years. We're not going to focus on that part. We are going to focus on the part that, as James Franklin talked about today, the other stuff that he needs, or in his mind, he needs to compete for national championships. That's the part we're going to focus on. That's part Nate, by the way, if you've been paying attention, has been reporting on for what, a month and a half now, Nate? I mean, I would argue five years, but okay. <laughs> I meant intensely no, I in this particular conversation. As uh, as you've alluded to before, going back to the very beginning when James Franklin got here, some of the conversations he was having about facilities, support, structure, all of that stuff. The future is here for Penn State football, it seems. Is that fair to say? Uh, you know, I don't know if I would go so far as to say um, that it's here. I, I think that this is another step in bringing it to to fruition. I mean, look, all of this is about, has been about playing catch-up. Um, Penn State football operationally is not at the level of the peers against which it is being judged, right? And so you, you have Ohio State, Alabama, right? Like there are these programs who are, undeniably elite in college football and the way that they operate is very different from the way that Penn state operates. And people always want to talk about, you know, uh, duffel bags full of cash to get recruits like that kind of stuff. No, no, no. This is when you walk through the front door of Clemson's football facility, you know that they mean world-class business. That that's it. Uh, when you do that at Alabama, world-class business. That, that is what they are here to do. Ohio State, the same thing. When you walk through the front door at Penn State's football nerve center, nope, that's not it. That's not yeah. That's not where it's at. It, and that's not, that is not to say that, that it's not impressive in its own right and that there are things, like we, we are not talking about the dregs of society. Penn State is is competing, but it is competing at a level that is not to the level of of those programs that I just talked about. And certainly that's what this is all about. Right. So so let me rephrase the question then. Maybe the future isn't now, but is this Penn State's signal that they are entering the fray? That they are ready to go to that level? <sighs> Yes. Um, yes. I, I just think that th uh, the reason why I'm a little bit cautious with this is we've been here before. This, like, this is not all that dissimilar from the way that Penn State's contract negotiation with James Franklin played out in 2019, in which a lot of the same things were being talked about. And a lot of the same, um, you know, I mean, look, bottom line here is, and I wrote about it today, there are projects that were green, uh, green lighted rubber stamped in May of 2019 that have not started construction yet for Penn state. Um, and you know, look like James Franklin talked about it in his press conference on Tuesday. It's, 
I think naturally we focus on facilities. I, I am guilty of it as, as much as anybody else, uh, because those are the physical structures that you see. But when the conversation is about infrastructure, it's about so much more than that. It is about personnel. It is about having pieces in place to do the things that you want to do. Right. And in a, in a college football program, uh, I, I just, I, I think one of the disconnects is that we're not all talking about the same things in terms of what the breadth of yeah. a college football program looks like. It is an expansive operation. And it, on, it is on that note, Sorry, do you mind if I get to this right here? Cause this is from the statement today from James Franklin, Sandy Barber and Eric Barron, as far as what was accomplished with the board of trustees meeting earlier today of the compensation committee, uh, James Franklin part says we've been able to create a roadmap of the resources needed to address academic support, community outreach, name, image, and likeness. Facility improvements, student-athlete housing, technology upgrades, recruiting, training table, and more. And I accidentally said community outrage. It's community outreach. But during a 7-4 and four football season, it might be the same thing at this point. Uh, but that's, you know, I'll put this up here again. The number of things that he put. Look at the number of commas in there, Nate. The number so of things commas. that he wants to be a part of the Penn State football future. Yep. Yep. No, I mean, look, like. It, people people tend to want specifics and i understand that urge but i think that it it misses the point in a lot of ways the point is if you're not looking for all of the ways that you can possibly improve then you're not going to survive you 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 i mean maybe you'll survive but you're not going to thrive you're not going to be as good as you possibly can be. And I, look, like I think it's very intentional in a statement like that uh, to, to include all of those different areas because those are all different areas in which Penn State can say definitively that it is not the best, right? Pull, pull that back up. Here you go. Okay. Uh, academic support. I'd argue they're pretty good with that. Yeah, I'd say I, that, I that'd be one of the areas they focused on first. Right. Yep. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Yep. Community outreach could be better. Yeah. There could be, there could be better. Don't uh, forget when they hand there. out the posters <laughs> during yeah. uh, arts fest. Uh, the next Name, one I think is a big one. It's the biggest. I mean, it's not the biggest, but it's there, right? Name, image, and likeness. There, this is, this is a, a frontier that is unexplored. People are making the rules up as they go. And the, the winner of this race is going to be the program that is most uh, creative, right? Like the, yeah. the, uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to mean underhanded. You can do it with a uh, a a an altruistic, right? Like a, right. a, a good intention. But the uh, those are things that that Penn State is going to want to be good at. And yeah. right now. It was not among the programs that you saw at the at the very beginning, right? On July yeah. 1, when all this stuff flipped over, it, nobody was saying to themselves, oh, man, Penn, there's Penn State uh, doing out something different out in yeah. front. Correct. So that that's, to me, one of the things where when we talk about name, image, and likeness and going back to before it was even enacted by the NCAA, my point has always been money finds its way where it needs to. 
Like, oh, there's not enough money for X, Y, or Z. It's like, then you're not being creative enough because people who are, if, if you think there isn't enough money, then there isn't. The point of money is that it, it appears when you need it if you're one of those people that can go find it. And I'm not trying to undersell how hard it is to make money. Believe me, I'm also an adult. But I'm trying to think outside the box of a person who has a salary, right? As a person who has, you know, the same means as, as you and I. We're talking about business. We're talking about large levers, as we talked about last time when, when you were describing the rapidity needed for facilities and you can't wait for the old school donor mentality. That's what we're yep. talking about. Find those avenues, find those creative solutions to make it happen now because there's not enough time to wait. Um, and then, of course, the facilities are a part of it. So some of the things that were greenlit that you talked about, can you share some of them that you're comfortable talking about right now so that people who want the checklist have a little bit more information? Yeah, but I mean, pop the quote back up. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the best graphic I've made all week. <laughs> um, okay, so look, like uh, fundamentally, they need a staff to handle name, image, and likeness, okay? You need people to do that. You need people to handle that, experts, okay? Facility improvements, we know... Uh, we have an idea of what those are. Uh, Haluba Hall has largely been untouched in its existence. They they changed the direction of the, the practice field at one point, and I think there's new turf. But uh, th there is a lot that can be done to spruce that up. The weight room expansion is a project that is currently being done. It, it is already in progress, right? Yep. Uh, that's a $50 yep. million dollar pro pro uh, project that's being done. Uh, included in that will be uh, some medical type stuff, like training stuff. Yeah, training, um, improved or enhanced training room. Some... Improved or enhanced training room. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, what was the next one? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my screensaver from now on. Student <laughs> athlete, student athlete housing. Well, yep. okay, hang on one, one second. Back to facilities improvements. Um, the entire second floor of the Lash building is not up to par. Uh, the The size of staffs in college football has expanded tremendously over the last 10 to 15 years. Penn State has a ton of people that it has added to its staff, right? Analysts, yep. um, personnel, support staff, all of those different things, right? Th they do not have the space for them. And so when you want to be an attractive destination to the best possible hire, Right. Right. You don't want to tell them that their office is going to stare into uh, a cinder block wall. Right. Like that, that their office was formerly a closet for soda. I wish I was exaggerating. I'm not. Okay. Um, so, the, so, so facilities improvements, there, there are lots of things to do there. Everybody's yeah. fixated on Beaver stadium. It's not Beaver stadium. Yep. It has nothing to do with Beaver stadium. There are yep. things that they can do at Beaver stadium. The locker room could be improved and the recruiting lounge could be improved, but it, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, the next one is training table. Is yep. it not? Let's put it back up again. Penn, State does, Penn State's Penn State's football team does not eat. Um, it's meals at the football building, which is fine. There's, there's lots of places that don't have dining in their football building, but it would be better if they did. Yeah. Right. Uh, more control over the nutritional aspects, right? Like just this entire idea yep. of a recruit coming to Penn state. Well, it's sports science. 
It's the basis it's of sports, sports science. science. If you want them to perform at an elite level and you want to win national championships, you have to give them different resources than the average college student because you're asking something extra of them. There are things in here that I think make some Penn State fans uncomfortable when it comes to you see what happens in the South and you see these gaudy facilities that go a little bit overboard, I would say. Even to a reasonable person, having a bowling alley is a little bit overboard in your football facility. Is there is there a toe-the-line sort of element to this, or is this what you're saying of like, you got to go all in and find literally any advantage, and that's where Penn State is headed? I think, I think that people in their minds think of the Rocky four training montage with Drago and all of the stuff hooked up to his chest. Right. Yeah. And, uh, short of the injection of the steroids, they were doing it correctly. Right. Like yeah. the training, the training that doesn't involve carrying the log on your shoulders <laughs> is more specific. Yes. It's, it's a, it is a better method. There's science behind it. There, there's something to be said, not just something to be said. It's Everything. the winning formula. Yep. Right. Like it's, it's how you win yep. is to do that. And so people get, I, I understand that people get uncomfortable with it, but this, this whole idea of college football, specifically Penn state, at this level, right. Yep. As being an after school activity that these guys participate in to further enrich their lives is not accurate. Yeah. It, it's just not. It, yeah. It's not, it's not high school. So like all of this builds on for a lot of people, they're playing in high school and also what it used to be. I, I think it's a, a fair comparison that it was that in the past, again, big business. You got to think like big business. You got to think like where's, where is the money coming from? So the next question I have to ask as a fair question asker, is James Franklin worth this investment? The coach and the man who's who's steering the ship. Is he doesn't worth matter. the investment? I, I, I said it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It does matter a little bit, but it's 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 not the point. <laughs> it's not the point. Right. You're investing in the program's success regardless of who the head coach is you you are you are making a now look his personal contract is a commitment to his leadership uh in terms of guiding the program to where you want it to go right, right. so within within the construct of hey we're gonna pour a bunch of money into making sure that all of these specific areas are up to the level of competition that they need to be. And the person who is going to oversee that process is James Franklin. Sure. There, there is absolutely a commitment there to him in doing that. And honestly, the buyout shows that commitment, right? Mm -hmm. That is, that is what it is because really it's one-sided Penn state has to pay James Franklin, whether he wins or not. And James Franklin does not have to pay Penn State if he sees an alternate landing spot mm -hmm. uh, to right for for his career. If 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 that is what happens for um, our for our audio listeners here, I just I, I have this up here that I, I want to show some tangible sort of timeline of James Franklin at Penn State. 
the on three consensus class rankings. And by the way, if you want to read Nate's article, if you want to see the, the class rankings for on three, you can check those out. Penn State, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com uh, to check out Nate's article. And if you want to join on three for just $1 and you can see the fruits of all of this start to unfold over time, you sign up for $1, you get 12 months free. Do that right now after the video right now. But here is the on three consensus class ranking since 2014 with James Franklin. 22nd, 24th, 22nd, 2017, after that magical 2016 season, things picked up. 16th in the on three consensus rankings in 2017. 2018, obviously the, the class everyone points to. That was fifth in the nation. 2019 was 10th. 2020, 14th. A little bit of a backslide in 2018 to 18th. And then this class coming in, as of now, the class of 2022, is 8th, according to On3 in their consensus rankings. And 2023, with only three commitments, is 6th. So that is James Franklin's timeline as a recruiter. A couple other things that I wanted to throw out here. When I was kind of looking at this stuff and looking at the big picture with James Franklin, six bowl appearances, three wins... 67 and 32 overall at his time in Penn State. You probably know all of those numbers. Uh, 19 offensive players drafted in the NFL draft. 23 defensive players. Three first-round picks. Just, just the three. That part surprised me. So, in those contexts, in, in the context of where they have been, what is the reasonable expectation now for James Franklin going forward? It depends on how much of this stuff gets done <laughs> and how quickly it gets done. I, I mean, I, I don't think that there's any question that these things will align, right? Uh, as as Penn State continues to make tangible improvements as a program, at, the, at those points, you can absolutely expect a return on that investment. There, there mm. will be a standard in which the um, the wiggle room is much less, right? right? And so just about everybody, just about everybody, even at the, the toughest places, gets two years of a step back, right? right. Not, not where you want it to be, but right. you, you, you want to see. Just about everywhere has that. However, um, you know, look, like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated <laughs> at why this conversation stipulates that what his record is and what Penn State's record is over the last two years. I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. Uh, so this, I this don't is, get it. It's a, it, this is a long-term view conversation, right, Nate? So we're having a big picture conversation. Think? And we're talking about think? two years of, uh, you know, I, from an, from, a, from an analytical perspective, when you have an uneven data set, you can throw it out. And 2020 was an uneven data set. No, I don't want to steal your thunder. We've talked about this thousands yeah, no. of times, but everything was different for everybody. Everyone was operating under different rules, and the outcomes were wildly different than what we had seen previously. Look at the difference between Indiana last year and Indiana this year. Look at the difference in all of these programs. So maybe Penn State wasn't going to be 10 and 2 again, but if they were 7 and 5 or 8 and 4 and there were 8 and 4 seasons back to back between this this year and last year, we're not having that conversation. Yes. 
Correct. I, I mean, I, I look like I don't I don't want to throw it out as though it doesn't exist, which is something that I think some people think the argument is, is that 2020 just never happened. It did happen. And it's a it's a point in the data set. Right. But it's a point. It's not right. the data set. But my point right. is, uh, when you have when you have information, if you have outliers, you exclude them from your analysis for the most part. That's for like the most part. Right. For sure. And, and, but look, like people, people have made judgments about what this season is for Penn State, uh, at six and four, as though six and four meant six and six. Yep. And well, now it's seven and four. And don't look now, but there's a realistic possibility that Penn State will beat Michigan State. Yep. I'm not saying that they will, but certainly the way that this game looks today is dramatically different from the way it looked. Well, aren't, aren't they a one point favorite on the road? Is, they is are. That, yeah. And that's not that's not us. That's Vegas. That's that's the the people who want to be right are giving them a one a one point advantage is nothing. But still a, a top 25 team. They are they have been in that margin in every single game this season. So, you know, in the micro, there is the conversation about James Franklin, the coach. But there is also the the larger conversation of taking this next step. And that's what James Franklin has been banging on since 2017 and 2018 when he had the momentum going of being successful of uh, where's the numbers here that I was looking at. He uh, they they finished in the top 10 at the end of the season, three out of four seasons from 2016 to 2019, which is when you heard this the loudest, I feel when he looked up. After the Ohio State game, I think it was in 2017, and he said, "We are good, but not great, and we need to get there. Or we're not. We're great, but we're not elite. Whatever the the thing was that he said. Yes, we're here. We're here now. In that moment where those things are being talked about again, and they're being promised. So, yes. the t the roadmap. This is the thing that struck me the most." We've been able to create a roadmap of the resources needed. He agreed to this after everything we've said, everything we've talked about, USC's available, LSU's available. He agreed to the roadmap. There, there's nothing concrete there. <laughs> right. Penn State agreed to the roadmap. He's the one who designed the roadmap. Yeah. Um, he, he is the architect of this roadmap. And so Penn State is presumably like that's the indicator here is there are things that we're not going to know about this right we, yeah. we don't have the accompanying statement saying that all of these projects have been um rubber stamped and are shovels in the dirt tomorrow we we don't know that my assumption based on how penn state operates is that has not changed however the notion of okay this is a 10-year plan becoming a three-year plan okay I, I could see that um you know just just does, expediency does and, the length of his contract indicate anything to you in terms of a timeline of this whole conversation because 10 years is too long according to james franklin it has to be yesterday it has to be five years ago so yeah. does the length of that mean anything to you not really okay i don't think I, so yeah I, I don't i don't see that as i mean I, look like the way that i perceive this contract uh and obviously we're recording this immediately after it came out so i reserve the right to change my mind later <laughs> but i continue i continue to see it 
very much set up the way that the last one was in the sense of Penn State is making commitments to him that it will do the things that are necessary culturally to compete at that level. And if it doesn't, he has an escape plan because they will not have provided that on their end. Um, now, and, and trust me, like I, I get the other side of the equation is well, what happens if he doesn't provide what he is being yeah. held responsible for. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that that's a, uh, that's a legitimate question. So but I also let me think- ask you this then, how did, how did it get to be that? How did Penn state in, in the midst of, again, going back to the last two years to play devil's advocate here, a guy that seemingly had no leverage as far as four and five lost to Illinois at home. I, I could, I'm just gonna, reading verbatim the things I've seen on message yep. boards and on Twitter. How does that guy have all the leverage in this situation, Nate? I, I, I mean, look, <laughs> is it simple? No. However, that 11 and nine over the last two years is... 22 and 11 over the last three years Mm -hmm. Uh, in that time. I cannot think of an arrest. I can think of multiple student athletes who have come through Penn state who represent just about everything that Penn state likes to think it's football players represent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean the, the scope of college football, everything that it entails. It is huge and messy and complicated, right? Yes, there are wins and losses, but Penn State, I think, and continue to think, took pride in being able to, and I can already hear the people yelling at me about what I'm about to say. They they are they were thrilled that Penn State was able to play nine games last season, the entirety of the slate, yep. when everyone else in college football had games canceled, or mm-hmm. just about everyone. Yeah. Right? Like th- there there are things about the way that you conduct yourself that Penn State knows it has in James Franklin that it wants to be committed to. Like it <laughs> Right. It is it is happy to be engaged in that. And there are so many tales, uh, cautionary tales of programs who were not in that place and in that space of commitment that have just revolving doored their their coaches and and have had disaster as results in the process. I I love to think it so I I, want to put things together, kind of link two unrelated things and something James Franklin mentioned today again on Tuesday of his press conference was uh, I believe it was you that asked about the transfer portal we've had this conversation about the transfer portal and the need to use it and he said essentially yeah uh, we had success this year but I don't want our coaches getting lazy and thinking we can just go into or being too brave in the transfer portal we do a lot of work on the recruits that come in we need to do the same amount on the transfer portal so to that point, I find it ironic that it seems like the, the fans that reject James Franklin the most are the ones that cling to those ideas of what of what Penn State is and what he has 
I think to your point, evidentially held up over time. He has he has carried that forward as far as a place that's going to do success with honor, that's going to graduate players that doesn't like the transfer portal. He sees it as a necessary evil, I think, at this point, and wants to recruit and graduate kids. And the people who are are got their pitchforks and their and their lighters and they just Look. Don't like him for and it, but it blows my mind because that's what he is. That's that's yeah. the thing he represents. I, I do not I do not begrudge fans who want success. I, I just don't. And so no no matter the form that their frustration takes at back to back now seasons that have been maybe uh, I mean I, I remain committed to the notion that. It, it, it is impossible to judge a season that not everybody played the same amount of games, but also that this season isn't written yet. And so yeah. if they go eight and four or nine and four in a bowl, that'll be just about what everybody expected. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's not going to be that far off. And so um, I, I understand the sentiment. And if next year is eight and four, if the year after that is seven and five, if, if they just yeah. cannot as a program escape um, uh, uh, what becomes a growing body of eight win seasons, seven win seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like, the, okay. Then, then you, you have your answers, but I think that there is an under appreciation is the wrong word because it's not about appreciation. They won 11 games like three times yeah. in four years. Yep. That, that is not a, a level of success in terms of consistency that Penn State is particularly familiar with, no matter what people's recollections are. So that let me ask you this final uh, question. We're here, BWI Daily Edition, semi-live after James Franklin's contract announcement, uh, a 10-year deal. Uh, we haven't really gotten into the specifics of all that stuff. We've been talking about the undercurrent that is driving all of this facilities, structure, systematic improvement for Penn State football. Where does this land in the context of the the history of the program? I've been thinking a lot about this as you and I have talked about this over the last couple of months. And the reason I say you've been doing reporting on this for the last couple of months is because that's when I started paying attention. Uh, <laughs> truthfully. Uh, but, but that... The idea of where James Franklin is trying to push the program. Yep. Where does that fit in the history of Penn State sports in your mind? Penn State football, I should say. I, I mean, I think that it is a parallel to a time when Joe Paterno wanted to do the same thing. I, I, I do. I, I think that there was a phase in which Penn State football was not nationally relevant and Joe Paterno in his younger years wanted to drive the program, it, to establish the program into being that. And for a variety, a multitude of reasons, that dropped off, that drive, that, that, uh, that will to create championships yeah took a step back like because people are always going to point to 2005 and 2008 as okay well it was still humming pretty good when you know towards the end of joe Paz, uh, joe paterno's career uh institutionally there was not the same level of investment that 
happened yeah. earlier in the 60s, really, yeah. the 60s and the 70s to, to drive the program to those new levels. So, no, I mean, I, th I think that it is, it is, there is a parallel here in terms of what James Franklin is trying to accomplish, where he is trying to propel the program. I think that it is a vastly different landscape nationally than it was back then. Yeah. But I don't think that the general concept has changed all that much. Yeah. I, and, and that's kind of how I've landed on a lot of this stuff is it doesn't matter what you think of James Franklin as the game day coach. And if, if the, what he does with his three timeouts, if that's what you're judging his entire career on, then you're missing the larger context of being a head football coach at the college, you know, at the, at the college level. Uh, outside of that, if he isn't the perfect coach that everyone is looking for from a brilliant schematic offensive or defensive mind, he's the right guy to push Penn State into the future, to get them back in the game, because that's what this whole thing is about, to get Penn State back into the game of being exactly what the fans are 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 yelling for, are asking for, are cheering for, are coming every single week to support in hopes that they are going to be that team that matters, that you see on SportsCenter all the time, that you see five NFL draft picks going to the NFL draft, you see them at the top of the recruiting list. That's what Penn State football fans want to be. And this, to me, is the, is the signals he's the guy to push them in that direction. Whether or not he can get them to that height, he's building the scaffolding to get there. Uh, that feels like what this moment is in history. Yeah. No, I mean, I, com I completely agree. I mean, I, I think that the... Look, history is to be written. This yes. is something that is going to happen in the future. Um, it, we don't know where Penn State goes from here. But rather than being stuck in kind of this state of punching at the ceiling versus, you know, a floor that people don't love, but it's also not the basement, um, right? Like, yeah, I call it purgatory and I've been calling it purgatory. And I think in a lot of ways it is because you're neither in heaven nor in hell if you're, if you're a Penn State fan, right? Well, this sets up the opportunity to take that next step. Whether or not they can actually achieve it, whether or not they can take the next step remains to be seen, but it is now a possibility or it should become a possibility that I don't think it necessarily was before today. I always love learning stuff. I feel like I've learned so much about this, gotten a master education from the master himself, Nate Bauer, senior editor at Blue White Illustrated. Thank you for coming on and uh, talking with me about this breaking news of James Franklin, the contract extension, and of course, all of the other things we discussed as far as the future of Penn State football. So thanks as always, Nate. Hey. Anytime you'll have me, I'll Good, be here. Good, because we're, you're coming back to talk about uh, practice later this week, and it's Thanksgiving, so that compliment costs you 30 minutes of your holiday schedule. So I apologize, but also I don't. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> that'll, you, do, that'll do it for the BWI Daily Edition. That and more coming up this week. Happy holidays. We'll be back tomorrow.